1: You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the clan and Blue podcast, and welcome along to the the Echo viewers in Liverpool. And, and, and I'm joined by Matt Addison today from the Liverpool Echo. Matt, how's things, mate?
0: Yeah, not too bad, thank you, mate. Uh, obviously, good to have a chat about the, the football again. And you know, it's not been too long since we had a, an international break, as I know we've come back and had a couple of matches since then. But it's good to be to be back in the thick of things
1: How's the general feeling in Liverpool at the moment obviously coming off the back of a pretty disappointing showing against Madrid
0: in midweek but you were
1: brilliant against Arsenal the previous week a bit a bit inconsistent, mate. What's the feeling amongst fans at the moment?
0: Yeah, I think there's a little bit of of frustration. I think, obviously, as you say, it's it is that inconsistency. Liverpool were were so so good against Arsenal. I think that was possibly slightly down to to how poor Arsenal were on the day. But yeah, to then not be able to to follow that up against Real Madrid is really. You know, been the the story of of Liverpool for the past few months. Really, they've had lots of of opportunities to to kick on and and move forward with a, a positive result, but then they just haven't managed to do it. They've then had you know a couple of negative results. They've bounced back, and it's sort of been the the same pattern happening again. So, I suppose you know, from a, a Liverpool perspective, there's been a few examples of them being able to to recover from poor results, but not really been able to to put that consistent run of form together and. To be honest, I think Liverpool's Champions League hopes is what fans are talking about at this moment in time. It's it's quite simply a case of they have to to find some way of of putting together a run of form, starting of course with that game against Aston Villa tomorrow. And if they can do that, I think there's still a chance. You know, Liverpool fans have certainly not given up hope of of turning the Real Madrid tie around or, or getting into the top four places. But you know, it's it's going to have to be a big week for them on on both fronts. I think.
1: How was club today, he's had his press conference today. He's quite, um, quite, spoke glowingly of Aston Villa. Um, he was quite sarcastic in a few of his marks as well. He said, uh, I think everyone scored a hat trick that night in referencing that 7 2. spoke really well of Ali Watkins. Um, do you reckon that 7 2 hurt him at the time? How was form, Liverpool's form after that? Because, I mean, you still had Virgil van Dijk at the time. It really, really, um, derailed Liverpool season, didn't it, at the time?
0: Yeah, I think that was probably the the first sort of marker where you thought that that things could be a little bit strange. I mean, there'd been other results in and around that time around the Premier League, but I think Liverpool you probably look at and think that given what they'd done last season, the run that they'd put together last season, not to to sort of come across too arrogant, but maybe they were a little bit above the sort of crazy, sort of chaotic nature of of some of the rest of the Premier League results. But that simply hasn't been the case. They've obviously dropped off a significant amount. And as you say, Jurgen Klopp was was very much sort of almost laughing and and looking back at at that game with with Aston Villa because of of just how crazy it was. I mean, he certainly wasn't laughing at the time. You know, Liverpool really, really did struggle. And as you say, I mean... You know, we sort of talk a lot about Virgil Van Dijk's injury and, and the issues that Liverpool have had without him in the team, but he was in the team, of course, on that day, and, and that still happens. So, I think it's it's been a case of, of more than just that. Their form since then, particularly defensively, has has not been perfect, but it's certainly you know over the last few weeks, not been you know the the big issue considering the players that they've got there. I mean, Liverpool have had so many injuries in that position; they've obviously ended up essentially panic buying at the end of January to to bring in Ozan Kabak, Ben Davis as well, that we haven't seen anything of him just yet. You know, I, I'd be very surprised if if we saw him um, at Anfield on Saturday. But uh, yeah, there, there's a, a few sort of players who have come in and, and done all right defensively. To be honest, it, it's been more a case of, of scoring goals has been Liverpool's issue. I'm sure we'll touch on, on Sadio Mane and, and Roberto Firmino shortly. Mohamed Salah's really the only one who's consistently... Putting up those numbers, and you know, for for him, I know he's obviously scored against Aston Villa in the past. You know, he's sort of the one that's that's on track for a 30-35 goal season, whatever it, it might sort of be at the end of the season. I think, you know, as, as strange as it sounds, off the back of a, a seven goal defeat, it, it, it's really been the other end of the pitch that that's been an issue for Liverpool, certainly in this calendar year.
1: Oh, your most sellers are Jack Grealish, and we're without him for a, a, an extended period now—three weeks. He could be out for, and such a huge, huge blow um, for Villa because there ho- the, the was hopefully been being back la- last week against Fulham. Not the case. He's had another setback, and um, he started taking Salah out the Liverpool team. He's not going to fire without him. But last week against Fulham, Villa stepped up four and fifteen minutes, and they stepped out of his shadows, and the likes of Trezeguet come on, come up, come to the fore, and Keenan and So hopefully, more of the same on Saturday. Uh what's the general team news? Liverpool, Matt? Um, anyone expected to be
0: out? Um, I think in terms of, of the team it, it's not gonna be massively different. Jürgen Klopp did his, his classic line of he always says, Well, we're gonna be training after the press conference. So when he was speaking earlier today, he didn't really give anything away. I don't think there'll be anybody major returning. I don't think there'll be, you know, any additional injuries. I think, you know, the the team for Liverpool is Probably going to have a couple of changes, just given the fact that they've played Real Madrid. They've got Real Madrid next week, uh, midweek as well. So I think there will be a couple of changes. But, you know, in, in the crucial areas, I would be surprised if there were that many changes. I mean, we could maybe see someone like Roberto Firmino come back into the starting eleven potentially. I think it'd be interesting to, to see, you know, what happens with Nabi Cater. Obviously, he came off in the first half midweek but in terms of of injuries I don't think there's anything major I think you know that the Liverpool 11 that that starts that match is is fairly predictable I think there might be one or two changes at at some point maybe for, for Liverpool in the fullback areas but I would be surprised if Jurgen Klopp decided to to sort of do that against Aston Villa because you know we we've seen in the past that you know Liverpool defensively at least are going to have to be you know absolutely on their game to to stop the the Villa threat. So I think I would be surprised if at some point you know before the end of, of the season Liverpool have got eight games left I'd be surprised if we didn't see someone like uh, Anika Williams or uh, Acosta Simikas come into the team maybe for you know just a, a one-off Premier League game but I wouldn't be expecting that to be honest for, for tomorrow, just because, you know, Liverpool will have huge respect for, for Aston Villa and it's really a, a must win game for them.
1: I'll throw I'll throw Louis Barry against Jack because he scored against you in the FA Cup, did really well against Nico Williams as well. And he's worth a shot. But but yeah, what have you made of Villa this season from the Liverpool perspective? You you're a football fan, watching from, from afar. What have you made of Villa this season?
0: I've been really impressed, to be honest. There's a lot of, of really, really good players in there. I think the only thing that, that Villa lack, from from my perspective, and obviously you guys will, will know far better than me, is just a little bit of squad depth. I think you know you, you look at that first eleven, and there's not really a, a huge amount of weaknesses. Obviously, Jack Grealish is is the one that you'd look at and, and say is the outstanding player, but I think you know Ollie Watkins has, has certainly proved me wrong. I was really, really surprised with the the fee that that Villa paid for him, but he's been worth that. You look around the team and you know, there's there's real, real quality there. There's nobody that you would look at from a, a Liverpool perspective and think, well, we can definitely get at them because the, there is just no obvious weakness. So yeah, it's it's gonna be a really tough game I think for for Liverpool. I think they will want to to sort of put right the seven the and, two and make a bit of a statement, um, certainly to to help put, you know, a poor run of, of results at Anfield to bed. And I think they do have to to show not just a bounce back from the seven two and a bounce back from a you know, recent form and, and the Real Madrid game midweek, but you know, it's it's really a, a must win game to, to sort of cement themselves. Liverpool even you know, to, to get into to European competition. I'm sure, you know, Aston Villa have, have got one eye on that. But I think for, for Liverpool in particular, you know, to, to not even get into to the Europa League, which is still, you know, a possibility for them, given the way that, you know, the, the standings are at, at this moment in time, that would be a huge disappointment, obviously, given the fact that, you know, Liverpool were, were Premier League champions by a good distance last season. So for them it's it's all a case of, of just trying to, to win the game get back and uh, and sort of focus on themselves. But certainly from an Aston Villa perspective, there's there's a huge number of threats that I think Liverpool will will certainly be very, very worried about.
1: I want to just pick up on Villa's defensive um, heroics this season. I think we spoke about this before. Esri Contes has been a standout for me. Um, and Tyrone Mings and Henry Martinez in goal, a bit of an embarrassment, embarrassment of riches in terms of Villa's backline, which is the same can't be said of Liverpool's, can it? Although you had two back-to-back clean sheets in the Premier League now, but just how how big a concern is Villa's is Liverpool's centre back pairing and defensively, where, where can Villa can, can Villa really get at them as well?
0: Yeah, I think you know for for Liverpool that is uh, an obvious weakness. I think in terms of. Of the the two centre backs, you look at uh, Kabak and Phillips, and I think that the big thing that they lack really is pace. I think that is certainly something that you know I'm sure from an Aston Villa perspective that is something that they would be looking at. If you can, you know, get one or two of, of the quicker players in and around them. I think you'd be slightly worried about, you know, leaving spacing behind from a Liverpool perspective. I mean, I don't know what you've made of, of the two centre backs from from Liverpool just from from watching them, but you know, I think on, on paper certainly at least you'd you'd see them as a weakness. I think, you know, you know, Nat Phillips is, is very, very good in the air. And if you try to, to sort of play up to him in, in that sort of regard, it, it's probably playing into his hands a little bit. But certainly, you know, someone like Ollie Watkins is is brilliant at, at getting him behind and and that is the sort of area of the pitch that I'd be be slightly worried about. I mean, I'm a lot less worried about it. Let's be honest. Without Jack Greenish being in there, because I think you know his dribbling ability and, and ability to, to beat players and get into the box would be a huge concern for Liverpool defensively. They don't tend to to like that sort of directness coming at them. Uh, certainly in that sort of area of the pitch, we saw that. Against Everton with Richarlison and, and, and that sort of thing, that the, the ball in behind, you know, the, the center backs is is a real sort of issue for them. They're not the quickest at, at turning and and getting back into position. I don't think, and I think that's a a real strength of, of Aston Villa, to be honest. The, the two center backs, and it is definitely a, a contrast and, and something to to sort of watch out for, really, from a, a Villa perspective in terms of, of finding a place for for, for Liverpool to, to sort of be targeted at. To be honest. Yeah, I watched
1: the Leicester Liverpool game previously. I think Jamie Vardy caused you countless problems. Just, just relentless press. I think Watkins looked to do the same on a, on Saturday. Just not giving defenders a moment's peace, and that's where the, the errors came from. Kabak, like you said, in his debut, and I think that, that that's an area Villa can exploit. To be honest, um, midfield. How, how's, how's your midfield shaping up? Because that's been an issue for Aston Villa over the since since Grealish has been out. You haven't really got a stranglehold all in midfield. I mean, is, that, is that an area you can dominate? Is that has that, that, that been a plus for? The club.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, there's a sort of a few options there for him to use. I mean, the the difficulty with Liverpool's midfield really is that you know we saw the the fact that Naby Keita got took off. He he was hooked for a, a poor performance midweek. Alex oxley Chamberlain's got quality, but he's not really had the minutes to be able to to get together a run of form. There's the sort of lots of options, but you're still looking at, at the main ones uh, of being Wijnaldum, Thiago. And obviously, Henderson is is out injured at this moment in time. I think it can be a strength of, of Liverpool when they're at their very best. But, you know, even Thiago Alcantara this season was meant to be this sort of transformational player in, in Liverpool's midfield. He was meant to to take them to the next level. And, you know, the injuries and the form that, that Liverpool have, have had is is maybe just not allowed that to happen, to be honest. I mean, I think that the midfield is, is a really interesting area of the pitch to, to look at. I know, obviously, Aston Villa signed Morgan Sanson, didn't they? In in January, I don't know. You know, from a, a Liverpool perspective, it'd be be interesting to sort of know how well you think he's fitted in, and and whether he would be sort of one to, to watch out for. Because I think you know the, the midfield, you might look at it from a Villa perspective and, and think maybe that that's Liverpool's strength. But there's certainly a, an opportunity there. I think for, for for Villa to sort of get around them and, and be physical and and be quick and and sort of maybe get the upper hand in that. I don't know what you you'd think of that.
1: Yeah, it's all on John McGinn's shoulders. To be fair, he's the physical presence. He's the raging ball like, and he was back to his back to his best last week against Fulham because he's been playing as a defensive number six, which hasn't really worked. He can't can't get about the pitch as much. And last week against Fulham, he was the shackles were off him. He's playing as a ten, up and up and high against Watkins and squeezing the defense, which is what, what Villa fans want to see. And he was a goal threat. So McGinn's Villa's midfield hopes rest on McGinn for me. I think I thought Douglas was Luis Louise was a bit disappointing last week. Um, um, and Sanson still needs to prove himself he's taking a bit of time to adjust to the demands of the Premier League so I think we'll see the best of Sanson next season to be honest with you um, in terms of selection on, on Saturday I think it'll be um, I think Marvis Nakamba could, could be in with a shout of coming in knowing the likes of Firmino likes to drop into that little pocket I think he would probably start with p- perhaps Douglas which might be a bit defensive outlook looking at it but as long as he gives, gives losses to begin to, to press forward and how Watkins out. I think that could be the ploy Villa, Villa could go with elsewhere. Is that, the,
0: um, is that the, the sort of game plan that you, you see Villa going for, is the, to sort of sit in and, and counter? Do you think that would, I suppose, going back to, to the centre-backs and, and the lack of pace, would that be the way that you'd expect Villa to, to set up?
1: Yeah, Smith, Smith does like a counter-attack, uh, especially with Watkins up there this season. He's got pace, strength, and he, he stays up there, to be honest, and I think McGinn can be key to that. It's a, shame about, it's a shame about Ross Park, Ross Barkley, the Liverpoolian. Uh, he just hasn't cut it um, since the turn of the year. He was amazing for that seven-two, which struck up a really good partnership with uh, Jack Grealish down the left and scored. Don't don't forget. So, but yeah, I think Barkley has some good form against Liverpool, hasn't he? He scored that brilliant goal for Chelsea at the Bridge against and Um, was really good back in October in that seven-two. So, it's a shame we haven't seen the best of Ross Barkley this, since since the turn of the year. So. Whether he comes back in, I highly doubt that, to be honest. But I don't know what the supporters think about bringing Barkley back in from the cold, but I can't see it now. He's, he's out of the pecking order. Got young Jacob Ramsey ahead of him at the moment, which says says a lot, to be honest. So, so yeah, Villa's midfield probably picked itself at the moment. I'd probably take Sanson out, to be fair. I'll give Nakamba a crack just to give that defensive insurance policy in front of the back four. But, yeah, I think defensively, Villa Villa are solid, to be honest with you, Matt. Um that triangle of Mings, Conter, and Martin has been fantastic this season. Matt Target's ever improved at left-back. And Matty Cash has stepped up to the plate as well. Jürgen Klopp named check Matty Cash in his press conference today, which, which is a testament to him. So, yeah, it all bodes well for a, for a really good battle on Saturday. I think two teams need a win, to be fair. Again, um, European hopes are there. Villa five points off Liverpool with the game in hand. And Liverpool do, don't want Villa to do a double over them, so... So yeah, all, all points to a to a, a good one on Saturday. What's your prediction? You, you, home win, you, home win, would you say? You need on, do not you? I haven't won in eight at home since dating back to mid-December. I mean, how, why is it, why has it been so bad at Anfield? <laughs>
0: It's really a, a difficult question to answer. I mean, it's it's one of those that you know Liverpool for 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 so long under Jurgen Klopp really that's been a, a huge strength. They went you know so many matches unbeaten there, and and that was sort of teams coming to Anfield last season already thinking you know a point here would would be absolutely fine because that would be almost a bonus because Liverpool had been so good there. And I think they they won all but one, they they drew one and, and won the rest at Anfield last season. It's it's just sort of been the opposite of that this season, so. I think, you know, obviously, I think fans play a huge role in it. I think the, the fact that, that it's almost been a, a really strange season in that regard and, and teams have been able to, to sit in and defend and, and frustrate Liverpool. I mean, you know, that they went on a run of, of a few, you know, six, seven defeats on the bounce where essentially the, the blueprint, which I wonder if, if Aston Villa might try and, and replicate it really, was to just sit in, have, you know, two banks of four or, or a five and a four um, as Brighton did. Liverpool then couldn't create anything. They struggled to, to sort of get in behind. You know, if there's no space in, in behind that back four or back five. You know, it, it really does limit the, the threat of, of Firmino, Mane and even Salah to an extent. So that seems to, to be the, the blueprint in the way that the teams have set up Um, at Anfield this season is to just sit in, hope that that Liverpool can't break them down and when Liverpool are not at their best, they haven't been able to do that. And at the other end, you know, it it kind of just takes one chance at the moment with the the sort of fragility in Liverpool's defence. It does only take one chance and you'd fancy Ollie Watkins to take that one chance if he's given that opportunity. So I think that's the kind of worry for for Liverpool is that Aston Villa would look at, at what Brighton did, at what Burnley did, These are not as good a teams. They don't have as much quality as what Aston Villa do on the counter-attack in particular. But I think if Villa can sit in, defend deep and and sort of counter-attack and and take one or two other opportunities, there is a real opportunity for them to to get very close to Liverpool in that table.
1: There's not a danger of Liverpool taking the eye Villa, is Villa. It's a really important game against Madrid next week. they have one eye on that? Because obviously Champions League hopes rest on that, to be fair, looking at it.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's an interesting one. I think Liverpool have just about got a big enough squad that they can make a, a couple of changes and and it won't make a, a huge difference in in terms of of the quality. I think for Liverpool it's it's a real toss-up now between obviously they've lost three one in the Champions League, they've got that one away goal, which could be crucial, but you know, the fact that there's no fans inside Anfield for the return leg, like you think maybe is going to play a little bit more into Real Madrid's hands. So maybe, you know, that sort of tie has possibly gone now. I think I'm in the camp very much of, of the you know the top four places being Liverpool's most likely route back into the Champions League next season I think even if they were to to pull off a brilliant result and and get through against Real Madrid to go all the way and, and win the Champions League given the sort of defence that they've they got at this moment in time would be really tough so the league I think is is Liverpool's priority in terms of, of getting back into the top four which is kind of the minimum requirement year on year for Liverpool so for me it's, it's an absolutely must-win game against Villa and to be honest, I think that the players, they performed so poorly, particularly in the first half against Real Madrid. I think you know, the, the second leg is is kind of out of everyone's minds. I think the immediate thing for, for Liverpool is to put in a performance tomorrow and they are going to have to put in a performance against Villa. I mean, obviously Villa have, have come off the back of a win last week. They'll be confident as well, but I think I'm, I'm backing Liverpool certainly to to put in a performance and then it's just a case of of is that good enough to, to get them three points.
1: I'll put you on the spot here, Matt. What one player would, would you have at Liverpool? Obviously, Jack Grealish, not for sale, mate, so he's out injured anyway, but a Villa's current fit, fit roster, what one player would you like to have? Or one player Liverpool desperately need that's impressed you?
0: I would go with Esri Konza, I think. Um, I would say uh, for Liverpool that there's absolutely no question that they will sign at least one, hopefully two centre-backs in the summer. There's been lots of, of links with various different players. They've got an option on Ozan Kabak. There's been links with Ibrahim Kanate at uh, RB Leipzig. But I've been really impressed with with Ezri Konza this season. I think, you know, for for me, he's the sort of the underrated one, if you like, out of you know the, the Aston Villa back four. I think obviously Jürgen Klopp mentioned Matty Cash, as you said before. He's one that, that sort of stood out. And Tyro Mings obviously gets a lot of, of plaudits and, and England call-ups and things like that. But for me, I, I've been really, really impressed with Konza. And uh, you know I'm, I'm sure you know you, you wouldn't want to lose any of the, the Aston Villa first 11. But I think if I had to pick one, partly because of his quality and, and partly because of... The absolute dire need for Liverpool to get in somebody at centre back in the summer. I think probably I'd, I'd go with him.
1: Wonder if uh, any of the comments, any of the readers, viewers would, would swap concert for Marnay? Marnay out of four. Marnay, Grealish, Watkins up front, and you have Conser. I don't know if I would. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what everyone else is thinking, but just playing well, devil's advocate there. And obviously, it's yeah, certainly, it?
0: certainly will be an interesting one. I mean, in, in terms of, of Liverpool players, just to, to flip that question. I mean, there's there's been some reports at times about players like Divock Origi maybe coming to, to Aston Villa from Liverpool. Is is there anybody that you'd look at at, at Liverpool and think you might fancy?
1: Uh, yeah, Salah's the main one, isn't it, I guess? And I, I, I don't know, to be fair. Um, they're all getting on now, Bobby Firmino getting on. Um, midfield area hasn't really impressed me. Liverpool, Thiago hasn't done it for me. Well, he had come with a big, big billing, didn't he? Um, but he hasn't really set the Premier League alight that's one area we can look to explore tomorrow but on the face of it I like the look of Harvey Elliott at Blackburn I think he's got a big future at Liverpool yeah. I've seen a few of him this, I've seen bits of him this season um, but yeah I'd say that, snap your hand off of Salah if, if, if we can do like a dream team transfer um, so yeah I'd say Salah
0: yeah, I think he, he might cost a, a couple of hundred million. You might have to sell Jack Greedish for that to happen.
1: <laughs> just on um, just on the England squad, obviously, Jack's sweating to get involved. Now, what's the issue with Trent? I mean, wasn't picked. Is, there a, is he out of form at the moment? Can, can Villa look to get him tomorrow? What's the issue with Trent?
0: I think there's, there's been a narrative for for a number of years about Trent's defensive abilities. And, you know, the, the mistake midweek probably didn't help his case. There's been a lot of, of talk this week and, Obviously, he gives away a goal. Obviously, against Real Madrid, and that wasn't ideal. But I do think it's it is massively exaggerated the, the the sort of lack of ability, if you like, that he has defensively. He's played, you know, in in huge games for Liverpool. He's you know played against the biggest and the best teams in the world, the biggest players, and, and done fine. It's you know just a case of of people remember the mistakes don't they they, they don't remember you know the, the Champions League knockout games against Manchester City where you know he, he sort of kept Leroy Sané and, and Rahim Sterling quiet they sort of remember the other bits where he's been turned inside out by Marcus Rashford for example for, for Manchester United so I think it's it is you know uh, obviously the case that he's better going forward than he is defensively but I wouldn't say he's one that if you were Dean Smith or you're one of the Aston Villa analysts, I wouldn't suggest that he's one that you'd look to target. I mean, there's certainly, you know, more sort of weak points, I would say there's, you know, the, the two centre-backs at, at Liverpool for me are, are not quite at, at the level at this moment in time. And, you know, I was on Kabak's so only just come in. It's, it's very early days. But I think certainly if you were looking for, for somewhere to, to, weak, to, to pinpoint in terms of a weakness, I think you'd go for, for the centre-backs over Trent. But, uh, yeah, for me, I mean, it's bizarre that Trent didn't get into the England squad. I think, you know, England have got a very select few number of players who've got the ability to become a world class talent and for me i think you know, jaden sancho trent alexander arnold you know, there's these sorts of players that even if they're not in the best type of form they're not at the top of their game i think you just have to to sort of get them in there somewhere so yeah for me if it was my choice the, there's no doubt that that trent would be going to the euros but the fact that gareth left him out of of the latest squad would probably point to the fact that he's probably not thinking of taking of him so uh, yeah it's a it's an interesting one but it's it's a very strange one for me
1: yeah, I just want to pick your brains about Sadio Mane. We spoke about this previously as well. I mean, he's a, he's been a thorny Villa side ever since he came to England for Southampton. He scored a rapid act trick. Um, and he just scores every time he plays into Villa, but he's formed this season, suggests so yes, otherwise. I mean, he hasn't been at it at all, has he? Three goals in 20 odd games. I mean, what's that down to?
0: Yeah, it's a really strange one. I mean, he's sort of gone under the radar. I mean, for the majority of this season, Liverpool fans and and ourselves writing about players, it it was more a case of, you know, what's happened to Roberto Firmino and, and Sadio Mane's kind of gone under the radar, got away with it for a little bit and I think probably... In sort of January of of this year, we started to to sort of look at him and and see him as a bit of a concern as well, because as you say, the the goals have just dropped off a cliff. He's the the one that that you really looked at after Mohamed Salah to, to bring Liverpool goals. You know, you look at, at Firmino last season, obviously brought more to the table than what he has done this season, but you know he was never one of those that would guarantee you twenty twenty five goals. That just wasn't the game that that he had. But with Sadio Mane, it, it very much was, and I think it's. It's, it's a strange mixture of, of a few things. I think he's lacked um, the sort of relationship with Andy Robertson at times this season. I think the fact that, that Liverpool have had to play so many matches, he's had to play pretty much all of them. They've not really had any kind of options, particularly with Diogo Jota being injured for, for three months or so. Yeah. They've not been able to rotate him. I think it's a little bit of, of mental fatigue as well as physical fatigue. And he just seems to, to lack a, a bit of confidence at the moment and... I'm confident that that he will find that again. I think it, it probably just takes one match where he gets a couple of goals, finishes things, and, and sort of gets himself back into the groove. But it is a it's a massive concern, I think, for, for Liverpool because he's at an age where it's not like you know he he should be inconsistent at, at this moment in time. He's at an age now where he should be sort of entering his his prime years, his his peak um, sort of points of his career. So. It's interesting. Um it's certainly something to to look out for heading into next season, but I think it's not just Sadio Mane. There's a few Liverpool players that I just think they just need the summer. They need a, a little bit of a break. Get into pre-season, hopefully get fans back in the ground next season and things will will come back to a little bit more normality.
1: Yeah, last one for me, Matt. I mean, what can we expect for Liverpool in the summer transfer wise? I mean, you can ask me about Villa as well. It's going to be major surgery there. I mean, how they're going to get back up to challenge you for the title again? What 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 can you see happening?
0: I don't think it's it's gonna be wholesale. Um I mean there's been a, a lot of, of sort of speculation about who Liverpool might go for. I think that they're gonna be very sensible in terms of, you know, the the money they spend. Liverpool have, have lost a lot of money through COVID and, and all of the the pandemic. They're losing or not losing but not gaining £3 million per game with fans not being there. There's you know, been you know, a lot of, of money lost. So I don't think it's going to be a huge summer in terms of arrivals. I think it's going to be more sort of deals a bit like the Jota one last summer where it was a case of, of seeing someone that was you know, really good value they saw, you know, saw an opportunity to to pay that fee to Wolves in in very small installments. I think they only paid four million for him so far. They'll pay another four or five million for him this summer. It's going to be a case of of doing what Liverpool do really, which is you know trying to be clever, trying to to find you know players who are maybe a little bit undervalued. And for me, I think there's there's three priorities. I think centre back they have to to solve that Van Dijk and, and Gomez will be back next season, but you know we don't know exactly what sort of level they will be at. Maybe it'll take them a a few weeks to to get back to full peak fitness and and form. So I think, you know, they need at least one, maybe two in that position. Gini Wijnaldum leaving is a huge loss, uh, particularly on a free transfer. I mean, he's played pretty much every game for Liverpool this season. It's been incredible, you know, how sort of consistent he's been, not just with his form, but with his injuries. He can just play 90 minutes twice a week, every week and, and not really feel it. So I think finding someone who can come in and, and fill that sort of void is going to be a huge thing. And then I think there's going to be a couple of departures in the front line as well. Not the not the usual front three, but I think Shaqiri this summer will move on, very nearly did last summer. Takumi Minamino could well move on as well. And DeBakarigi, so I think Harvey Elliott, you mentioned him before, I think he'll be one of those that that comes in to replace you know the, the sort of backup options. But I think Liverpool have to to find Another Diogo Jota, if you like, one of those players that can come in, do a little bit better than than maybe what people thought and have the the potential and the ceiling to to maybe succeed Mane or or Salah moving forward. So I think there's there's probably three or four players that Liverpool need to go for, but uh, it's not going to be wholesale. I think the injuries have have been what's hamstrung Liverpool Mm -hmm. this season once they get those players back. I think you, you probably see a, a Liverpool side, maybe not quite at the level they were last season, but you know, pretty much not too far, not too far off that. So, yeah, I think it'll be a case of, of adding adding bits of quality for, for Liverpool, and I would imagine that's probably similar for, for Villa as well, just trying to get one or two players in to, to supplement the guys that they've already gotten and keeping hold of, of key players as well.
1: Yeah, squad depth, you mentioned that, matters as well. It's so important in the Premier League now. I don't think Villa have got that depth, that quality of depth um, this season. But it's been, been a me, me, me turret rise, I mean, surviving by a single point last season. And then to to, to be rubbing shoulders with Liverpool in the table just, just says a lot, to be fair. So, be quality over quantity again. I expect them to, to smash 50, 60, 70 mil, probably. And, uh, I'm boosting their squad. Tammy Abraham, can that happen? He's not wanted at Chelsea anymore. I'd love to see that, that deal over the line. I think he can, he can provide stiff competition to Watkins. Watkins, a player who can play on the wing as well. So get Tammy in for me. I think he's a player unloved at Chelsea. I think I'd love to see that deal go through. Uh, like, really could be available, like you say. Could that happen? I don't know. Um, but yeah, just bolst- bolstering the squad, improving on the quality they've got. Um, I think the, um, work's work's ongoing as we speak now. So. A quick turnaround, but just last question for me. Um, Villa really have announced the financial rep- uh, report today. The owners have mentioned expanding the stadium, just Anfield ex- expanded their stadium. Um, just talk to me about that and how, how, how well that went down with fans. But is it the new main that they've, that they've really built? I was there last season, escalators and all sorts of really positive thing happening to Anfield. And was it, was it needed at the time? Obviously, Liverpool are on the up, and Villa, Villa looking to do the same now. So, just talk to me about Liverpool's. Expansion stadium and how it happened.
0: Yeah, I think the the big thing for for Liverpool was that when FSG came in, they they looked at a couple of different options. One was to to stay at Anfield and redevelop it, and one was to move elsewhere. But I think we've seen, you know, West Ham is is the obvious example of mm-hmm. maybe the move not being quite as smooth as as what they would have liked. So I think. Liverpool got that stadium move absolutely spot on. They decided to to stay and, and essentially do what, what their owners have done with the Boston Red Sox, which is the, the baseball team that they own. They essentially did the same thing a few years earlier with Boston. They decided to, to stay. They wanted to keep the history, the heritage and, and all of that sort of thing, but obviously modernise it. And that's essentially what they've done with Anfield. They you know, very quickly... Uh, decided that that was the best route to go down. I think they've been proven absolutely correct in that. The main stand is is absolutely brilliant now. They've redeveloped it. It's much bigger. You know the the demand for for Liverpool tickets for for every single home game in in normal times obviously is is absolutely enormous. It, it far far exceeds. I don't know the exact numbers, but it's it's an absolutely huge amount compared to the capacity. So. What they've done so far is is brilliant. They've pumped in, I think, around 120 million. I think it costs to to redevelop that stand and, and redo that. The next stage is, is to do the Anfield Road end, you know, which is uh, where the, any Villa fans that have been to Anfield to, to see games, that's where the away fans sit. That will be the next phase of that. They had to put that off for around 12 months or so just because of of the pandemic. They couldn't afford to to put that sort of money in, but that will take place i think building on that will be taking place in around a, a year or so's time so it's still going to be you know 2 or 3 years away from from that next phase being finished but yeah the the main stand has been a huge huge positive for for Liverpool it, brings in a lot more money it allows a lot more fans to to be in the ground which is is absolutely what you want and as I say the the big big thing and I'm sure this would be the same for for Villa as well in terms of expanding Villa Park is that you don't want to move away and and sort of start again with that history you know fans have have got memories they've got you know all of the the historic games you you don't want to lose that you want to to build on it and, and that's what Liverpool have done they've desperately, desperately needed to to upgrade Anfield for for a long time. But I think the way that they've gone about it is the absolute spot-on way of doing it. I think if if you're Aston Villa looking at that and trying to replicate that, I think they would probably go down a, a similar route, I would imagine.
1: It's not slow to get Everton there because they're a movie stadium, is it?
0: <laughs> no, not at all. No, I mean Everton's new stadium looks looks fantastic. I think their their need, to be honest, was even more dire than, than Liverpool's yeah, yeah. need to to upgrade Anfield. But yeah, for for Liverpool, it, it, it was it was always, I think, that the fans preferred to to stay where they are. Everton have, have obviously gone about it a, a different way, and and that'll be fantastic for for the city as well.
1: Lovely Matt, uh, Yeah, really enjoyed that chat catch up and yeah, we'll give it a watch tomorrow, see what happens And should make it for a good one mate, um, thank you for joining me today Matt, um, no we'll problem, catch, up, catch up soon and thanks for everyone to, for joining the Clarenbury podcast and uh, we'll speak soon cheers all Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue and Aston Villa podcast if you enjoyed today's episode then please do let us know we'd love hearing your feedback we'll be back soon with another episode but until then, up the villa